Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Sarah. Good to be here as always. I uh, bring the sports aspect to this. I know there's other rooms around the um, clubhouse that do sports, but I enjoy this community and 
hopefully I can lend some insight as to leadership and perspective from my years of working with athletes and teams and now doing media and academia about sports and sports leadership and sports negotiations. Interesting, the news this week, I don't know, for those of you who follow sports, it sort of came out where there was a crisis sort of management situation with a team, and I thought I'd share my experiences on that as well. So the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who's a NFL team, for those of you who don't know, it's one of the lower tier NFL teams on the field and probably off the field as well in terms of valuation. They hired a coach this offseason who had an extraordinary resume from college football named Urban Meyer, who had many years at Utah, at Florida, and at most notably Ohio State, and was extremely successful, then went into TV, and I worked with him at ESPN. And the Jaguars set their sights on him, and they hired him at some extraordinary number of 10 million plus a year, which puts him at the top of NFL coaching salaries, even though he never coached a game in the NFL before a month ago. Meyer played a game last Thursday night, uh, Thursday night football, which I'll talk a little bit more later about me being part of now in a new media sort of way. They played the Cincinnati Bengals, and after the game, which they lost, he stayed around Cincinnati because he has so many contacts from his time at Ohio State. And then, of course, a viral video came out. I don't even know what night it happened, but a young girl grinding up against him at a bar. And, of course, that got the attention of the sports world and the Twitterati and the mobs. So here's my thought. Uh, when I managed the Packers, we played a lot of Thursday night football games, and I did worry about that weekend because Thursday night football gives an opportunity for what I call a mini bye week where players, coaches, staff is really off, completely off from Thursday night to Monday. There's no responsibilities. There's no practice. There's nothing going on. We report back to work on Monday, and a lot can happen, especially with young people. And I had some issues. I had some bailouts from jails and fights that I had to work on. But it was always players. I never had to worry about a coach. So I also never had to worry about social media. I was in an age just as that was the beginning as I left the Packers. So I understand. I can imagine what the Jaguars ownership and front office was dealing with when this viral video goes out about not not one of their players, but their coach. So Meyer apologizes. The owner has a strongly worded statement. There's a lot of you know, shame going around social media on him. And he gives kind of a statement saying, you know, he's in Ohio and everyone knows him and they're trying to get him to come to this bar and hang out, and whatever it is. And whatever he deals with with his wife and his family, that's personal. But from a team point of view, you know, it seems to me that this is not something they're going to fire him about. I know there's people saying, fire him, get rid of him. He stinks anyway. They're 0-4. But, you know, it takes a lot more. And as I said, he was the guy everyone wanted. So I think about contract negotiations, which are all about leverage. Who has it? Who doesn't have it? And he had it. The Jaguars wanted him more than he wanted them. So Whatever morals clause there is about termination or for-cause termination that could relieve all their financial obligations, I don't think that's in there. 
I don't think the behavior we saw on this nine second video is going to cause them to fire him because they'll owe him tens of millions of dollars if they did. That's just a financial decision to begin with. But, you know, in my experience is when you have these kind of things, I've, again, I dealt mostly with the player side of it. You do, you first of all, you have to establish a gateway, right? You have to get communication going before the world comes in and foisters their own communication on you. So I had player issues. What I would first do is always, always get the agent. And I was an agent and I was on the other side. So when you have an issue and it's out there and you want to control it, get the agent. Find the agent because the agent can find the player. You can't find the player. The agent can find the player or the agent can find the wife, the girlfriend, the mother, the father, the brother to find the player. Get on the same page. What happened? What are we talking about? Oftentimes when there's crises, the agent doesn't know. So the agent has to find out. But I always felt like, okay, I'm not the person that's going to deal directly with the player here. But if I have to, I will. But I'd rather get a friendly voice, not an adverse voice from management to deal with this labor situation. And sometimes you just can't. You have to be on the, on the ground without interference from any parties. When I first joined the Packers, I was there maybe a month, like a month into my 10 years there. And I got a call from our general manager at four in the morning saying, get to Milwaukee. I'm like, okay. I just go, parents are going to get, the security guy's going to pick me up and we're going. I said, okay. And it turned out, uh, I said, can you tell me anything? He said, Chamura. Chamura was one of our star players, and he was caught at a post-pom party with a young girl. So get in the car and go. And I didn't know what I was going to face there. And there he was in an orange jumpsuit. And we talked, but he wasn't talking. And advice of his agent and counsel, he's not going to tell the team what happened. So what I had to do is both be a sympathetic and empathetic figure for him, but I needed to represent us. And, you know, it's just a situation where you got to be professional, you got to be tactful, you got to listen. But at some point, you have to show your interests here. And our interest was how are we going to protect the franchise? How are we going to look with one of our players being in that compromise position? And most importantly, what do we do about them? And there's trials and there's going to be litigation, I mean, a courtroom and all that stuff, which takes time. It doesn't go to an NFL calendar. It just goes to its own calendar. But I come back and I just and we just sit around and we realize this is a problem. Let's get in front of it, put out a statement, and then we just talk, you know, between leadership there's there was just a feeling like this is tough and because of where we are what we stand for and what just happened and what we know we're not going to say anything for a while but there's no way in god's green earth he can play for us again
and he never did. And he was one of our star players. So sometimes you just have to stand for something that's not going to be, you know, not going to be popular. And I always got into fights <laughs> with some of our coaches and maybe some of the front off, some of the scouts about players. You know, there was a defensive lineman they wanted us to sign, and I'm like looking at his rap sheets, block long, <laughs> domestic violence, sexual assault, drunken disorderly, bar fights. And I said, we can't sign this guy. We just can't. And they looked at me and they said, Andrew, what do you think we're bringing him here to do? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, what do you think we're bringing this defensive lineman here to do? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, he's not going to teach seventh grade choir, right? He is going to get into 75 street fights a game and hopefully win them. I want him here. And I would say, I understand it. I understand this is a violent game, but it's controlled violence, and I can't have it outside the game. I can't have it outside the field. And we fought, and some of those battles I won, but some I lost. Because when you bring on talent, and we're all talent too, every one of us, there is a volatile mix sometimes between talent and character. And you have to be the judge of that because some of your best producers are not your best people. That happens in business and sports and life. Some of your best producers, most productive people, most talented people are not your highest character. Now, I've learned that character counts. I've learned how much it affects an organization. I've learned when you have high work ethic, high character people, it zips up low work ethic people in a great way. But you have to have that mix. In sports, you're going to have people from a lot of disparate backgrounds who overcame a lot, who lived a life that I never knew. And I allowed for a lot of behavior, uh, character faults that, okay, this guy's been in trouble. He's got talent. We think we can get by it. Sometimes you get burned. Sometimes you get burned. But in sports and life, you have to make a decision. Where is the talent character equation? What works for us? So back to the original story. Irvin Meyer is a talented coach. He has a proven track record. And he has a slip last week, which is caught virally, and millions of people are watching it. It's embarrassing to the organization. But they're not, they're not cutting the cord. They're not. Another incident like that, more incidents, of course, it's a different equation. Andrew, but I have some, a question for you. Go ahead. Nisha. Would that is be okay? Nisha? This is Sarah. <laughs> Oh, hi, Sarah. Hi. Well, I actually have a question for you because I don't feel like this is Urban Meyer's first, you know, slip up as, you know, okay. someone who's followed his career. I feel like, you know, I don't feel like he has a reputation for being the nicest person. Obviously, he was put on leave at Ohio State, you know, even going all the way back to when he left um, Florida because of health concerns. And then he shows up at Ohio State and then there's all that stuff around, you know, the coach of the domestic violence. And now he has this and like. I don't know. I kind of like, I'm really enjoying this segment, but I feel like 
you know, what you were just speaking on, on context, right? Were people making decisions that they had to make because of a certain situation and then they get elevated because of their talent. Like here's someone who's had every opportunity to coach at the highest levels and he keeps, you know, not treating people a certain way. He keeps getting additional chances. What do you think of that read on it? I'm just curious. Sarah, you're quite a college football fan. I like that. Wow. <laughs> uh, My husband coached for a decade. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if everyone knows the whole story, but yeah, a very successful coach, but has had some issues. And some of those have been health issues. So to be fair, he's had some some heart and head issues over the years. But I think what I'm saying is he came he came to Jacksonville Jaguars with all of that stuff you mentioned. Yet they give him this, I don't know, seventy million dollar deal over seven years. And I'm thinking, okay. Whatever you just talked about, Sarah, they knew. They knew a lot more than you and I did, and they gave him a, a highly advantaged contract, I think. So now he slips up in the pros, and I think they have to look at it. That's a first-time offense with us. That's not – we're not going back into all that history because they knew all the history coming in. But it's an interesting point because a talent character, right? He's been an, a proven coach at the college level, hasn't done anything yet at the pros, but they wanted that. They wanted that. Now, again, we're talking about, as franchises go, kind of a sad sack franchise that needed a boost, that needed a vision, that needed a name. He brought in Tim Tebow and they end, ended up cutting him. But, you know, this is a guy that brings in some gravitas, even despite what happened. Other questions? Hey, Adam, this is Ramon Ray. I would love to thank you for – I mean, Andrew, sorry about that. I would love to uh, just know, can you relate? I know sports is high level, uh, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of visibility, a lot of money. Can you underline for the smallest of small businesses, what do we do when one of our key performers, you know, how do we judge that messes up a bit, messes up a lot? And to make it easier, maybe it's not the law. But how do we decide, you know, give them a chance, put them on suspension, reduce their salary, fire them? Talk about that a bit for the smallest of small businesses. You know, three-person web design firm. You let go of somebody, you could tank your business. What's your guidance there? Thanks. That's a great question. I think you have to analyze your situation regardless. Now, this one's so public and the whole world's chiming in, and you've got Twitter mobs out there. But listen, this is – you're right. This is happening every day. Like you got a person that slips up, but there's value to you, and there's opportunity cost, right? The opportunity cost – is replacing them and getting someone up to speed and figuring out that. So I think you have more allowances in those situations. If it becomes a burdensome thing to your business because the person brings down the character, brings down the image, brings down your vision, then you've got to make uh, make changes. But I do think when you're talking about smaller businesses, you've got to allow for more. You don't have opportunities to quickly replace and get up to speed, especially with startups. Um, I guess my answer, obviously, is there's no hard, fast rules here. And I think people that are linear with these rules end up getting in trouble because every situation is different, requires different analysis. Hey, Andrew, it's Nisha. I'm Nisha, wondering. Hey. Hi. Um, I'm wondering is there, because I think you brought up a good point earlier about the guys who, you know, they've never 
had this level of spotlight. Obviously, they have immense talent, but character doesn't always align with the talents, right? Um, I wonder if there is like a code of ethics or something that is is like set um, that teams have, or if it's kind of to your earlier point, like depending upon what folks do um, and the level of kind of trouble they get themselves in, is it dealt with on a, in a on an individual basis? Nisha, don't speak. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like in my situation, there were some issues that stayed down what I called in the back rooms, you know, the locker room, the equipment room, the training room, the strength and conditioning area. Um, I didn't want to those things, to minor things to bubble up to me as management, as the boy, the guy upstairs. So it would have to sort of reach a level of concern because I didn't want people feeling like, oh, geez, going upstairs, this is an issue. So it didn't happen much. Um, you know, there was one situation. You know, when moved to Green Bay, sometimes uh, these are young guys. They come from urban backgrounds, and they come to rural Wisconsin. They're like, I need someone here. I, I just can't. I can't move up here alone. We had a really young star player. He was a great player. But he brought his buddy. He brought his buddy because <laughs> he needed someone up there. He's moving to a new place. It's not very diverse. He brought his buddy. His buddy kept getting him in trouble. You know, they'd go out, and I'd sort of find out this guy got in trouble, this guy. And the reason was his buddy, not our guy, not our star player. So I, I decided, with the agent's blessing, I'm going to bring this buddy in. I'm going to talk to him. So I bring in the friend. Not the player, the friend. And I said, what do you do here? <laughs> and he looks at me like, who are you? I said, what do you do? He said, I make sure my guy's right. I said, what does that mean? I, like, you know, get his car set. I get his place set. I, I said, what else? What do you do at night? He said, we hang out. I'm like, how often? Four or five nights a week? I said, no. No. Can't have that. Because here's the thing. You're home all day. He's working with us. He comes home, you want a party, we can't have that. This guy's got a really bright future with us. Can't have that. It's like, but he's my guy. I'm like, yeah, I know he's your guy, and you're his guy. And he said, well, I said, you can't go out every night. He said, what about two, three nights? No, no. One night. One night. Go out one night. Let it go. I love that he was like negotiating with you. Like, yeah. like, can you give me one night? Can you give me a day and a half? <laughs> like, that is pretty hilarious. Um, I did. Um, I want to throw it to um, you know, the other folks on stage. If you guys have any questions, we have about seven minutes left uh, with the amazing Andrew Brandt. Um, I have so another Nisha. It's Sarah. Go ahead, Sarah. I'm sorry. I'm super passionate about this having been a coach's way for so long. I don't know, Andrew, and I hope it's okay that I'm kind of pushing you on this a little bit because I'm super interested in your perspective. But I just Googled it, and Urban Meyer's 57. And I just feel like you're a 57-year-old coach with a legendary coaching career. I don't understand the, you know, like analogizing him with a 22-year-old, you know, who just got thrown into the NFL and got all the money and got all the spotlight and got all the, like, shouldn't we hold coaches to higher standards is my question to you, because they're supposed to be leading the team. You know what I mean? 
I think you stumped him, Sarah. Andrew, we can't hear you. <laughs> so like passionate because I'll also say like on such a small scale, like we would have Sarah, players over to our house. And I just feel like shouldn't the coaches be holding themselves to a higher standard and shouldn't the organization hold the coaches to a higher standard to, to mentor the players? I don't know. Sarah, what I asked is if you're the owner of the Jaguars, you see that nine second video, you fire him? I'm not saying that. First of all, I've never owned a team, and I, I wouldn't pretend that I could make the really tough decisions that you make because you have the livelihoods of so many people. But I guess what I'm saying is that I don't see a 22-year-old player who, like, parties and a 57-year-old coach who should know better. Like, I don't know. I feel like... I just am saying I think that there should be two different standards for coaches who appoint themselves to leadership roles to morally lead a team. I think in addition, or maybe that's a question for you. Are they just supposed to lead the team to win or are they supposed to lead them ethically as well? I guess would be my question to you. No, of course they're supposed to lead them ethically. And it's funny because even in his speech to the team or speech to the media, he kind of, it's kind of mumbly mouth. He didn't do a good job of it, but he talked about, yeah, and I, I even warned Trevor, you know, the star player, Trevor Lawrence. I even warned him when he went out to his brother's or his own bachelor party or something. And I'm like, dude, no, don't bring in your players. You know, don't bring in your players. The players look up to you. You don't want to do that. So I guess what I'm saying, Sarah, is I, I denigrate his behavior. I can't believe he did that. It's a 57-year-old guy. But I do allow for guys to go out. I do understand he's from Cincinnati or he spent many years in that area and hung around, had a lot of friends there. And as he said, the friends kind of pushed him over to this bar. And, but obviously the behavior is condoned, but uh, condemned. I'm sorry, but it's like I, I couldn't fire him for that. But, you know, now he's on now he's under watch. Right. So now. It's a different phenomenon. It's a different paradigm with this coach. You know, now there's there's the wiggle room is not there. Hey, Andrew. Mm. It's your favorite 49er fan, David. How are you? David, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still um, basking in that wind a couple of weeks ago, you know. Oh, my God. Well, God bless you. Uh, listen, <laughs> you know, I remember that we had a guy who was a special teams coach that came over from Tampa Bay. His name was George. Mm -hmm. And I asked George one time, he was, he, he'd been at the Niners through a mini camp training camp and, and been through a, I don't know, maybe half the year. And I said, Hey George, can I ask you something? You were at uh, Tampa Bay for quite a number of years. What's, what is the biggest difference between Tampa Bay's organization and this organization? He said, well, Dave, and this is God's honest truth. He said the Tampa Bay organization set up a bonus if we went eight and eight. Do you hear that, Andrew? They yeah. got the coaches, everybody got a bonus if they simply went eight and eight. At the 49ers, there's no bonus unless you win a Super Bowl. The expectation every year, like the Packers, is to win a Super Bowl. And I thought, man, what a striking difference. You look at the Jacksonville Jaguars you know, who obviously do not have a winning history and they don't appear to be on their way to having a winning history anytime soon. Yeah. They bring about, I, I understand why they brought Urban on from many respects because he was a very, has a winning um, record. But the guy is littered with, with some issues in the past to Sarah's point. 
And and to your point with the person in Green Bay, if that happened in San Francisco, well, first of all, there was a gentleman named Dr. Harry Edwards, who yeah. was the head of psychology at, at uh, uh, and behavioral at UC Berkeley, also a fellow at UCLA. And they, they very wisely brought him on to deal with, to help new players adjust to the things you're talking about. But if that happened as a 49er, you're out. And and the reality is, it's kind of interesting, is it, that the owner of Jacksonville said yesterday his behavior is inexcusable. Everybody heard that. Right. But yet, didn't he just get excused? <laughs> I mean, is there is there a little irony in that statement? It's inexcusable. It's reprehensible. But there's no suspension. There's no financial. That's number one. Number two, to Sarah's point about being at a higher level, holding yourself to a higher level. If a player does the same thing, the NFL is probably scrutinizing the heck out of it. The team's scrutinizing the heck out of it. And they're probably doing a deep dive. And that player is probably going to be sitting on the sidelines, maybe suspended without pay. And the third thing is, this is a guy who already in Jacksonville has had run-ins with coaches, um, who has had temper flare-ups, and who has had other issues. So, you know, it's it's just it's a it's an interesting thing because there are layers here, and it's not it's not the first time. I believe his health issues are likely legitimate, but it's curious that those health issues came up when he was on the edge of darkness, on the edge of having problems at at universities. Yeah, it's interesting, David, because this is something we've talked about before. Ramon's question, the same thing. It's like greater talent equals greater tolerance. If this was a, a coach that had been somewhere for a while that wasn't as well-known, that had a, had a, a you know, just was kind of a, an average name in the business, he'd probably be gone. And we had a lot of situations with players. If they had situations but they weren't that talented, they're gone. We don't hear about a lot of bad behavior from people that we don't know, right? But if we know a name, oh, then it's a big deal. But, you know, it's uh, sports like life, I guess. It's not a democracy. You know, people are treated differently, and that does happen. But I think this was a microcosm of it. He's, he's not going to have this pass much longer, and maybe he walks away. But that's a lot of money he'd leave behind. Uh, I know David was just talking. I'm cutting into your time, but I'll take another question. Andrea, I'd love to real fast. I just want to clarify for the podcast that I wasn't saying to fire him. I'm not leading the mob. Um, But I do think it's a super fascinating discussion. And I'm grateful you brought it to us today because to me, like, that's the most interesting part. What you were just saying, like, greater talent is greater tolerance. That calculus is super fascinating to me. And that's kind of what I wanted to hit on so i just want to clarify for the podcast i am not leading the charge to fire or i just want to be very clear about that but that's what's super fascinating to me and i'm so grateful to you for bringing um that discussion forward today because it is interesting to delve into those gray areas so i really appreciate that I'm just yeah thinking. i mean i i totally I, you've been great on this on this segment sarah because as mar- married to a coach that just makes it you know having that experience and I, I tip my hat to you because I know what coaches' lives are like. And I know how little time they have and how much they move around. And I've seen how coaches' families are just 
always just kind of following and, and having to deal with all the ups and downs of coaches' lives. So I tip my hat to you, Sarah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to leave it to David. I do want to say a couple quick things. Please go. I, I am starting this gig tomorrow night. I mentioned it last week. I broke the news here on Clubhouse that uh, Thursday night football is moving as of tomorrow from NFL Network, where it was the first four weeks with the Urban Meyer game last week, uh, to three, three venues. One is Fox. I'm not working for Fox. One is Amazon, which is going to stream the games. And then Amazon owns a company called Twitch TV. Twitch has hired a few people, including myself, to co-stream the game. So I hadn't heard of Twitch till about a month ago, but here I am. I'm going to co-stream Thursday Night Football starting tomorrow night. Rams versus Seahawks. Go to Twitch TV. And I guess my thing is Andrew Brandt live. And be one of be check me out so i'll just be chatting just like this just like this but i have to do it for three and a half hours uh as the game goes on i'll talk about the teams i'll talk about some issues with the teams i'll talk about the game but you know you can watch the game anywhere but if you want to listen to some insight please do starting tomorrow night twitch tv and then of course all my other channels my podcast the business of sports my column at sports illustrated my Instagram, Andrew Brandt two, uh, and Twitter, Andrew Brandt, and my Sunday newsletter, which you can DM me or Andrew-Brandt.com. You can sign up uh, for the newsletter that's doing really well every Sunday morning, free to your inbox. So those are all my things. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.